0: Welcome to Buy plus podcasting for the Buy plus universe. I'm Ames Leibowitz, here with my co-host Elizabeth Meacham, and today we are joined by Liam Wayne, author of Road to Juno. I'm so excited to have you here.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited to be here. Very, you're It's welcome. very strange, actually. Very strange. <laughs> yeah, because I'm used to hearing your voices, as I said, but because, uh, you know, I'm a fan of the show, and when, when you're doing your interviews, you're always asking the questions, and I'm answering them myself out loud. Oh yeah, and there shouldn't be because no one's listening. And now they are. And it's, it's now that
0: are now that your questions,
1: yeah, us <laughs> well,
0: yeah. dive right in. Can you give us a little bit of an introduction to yourself? Tell us anything you'd like to share with our audience.
1: Okay, uh, well, I'm a working class uh, filmmaker uh, from a town in England, which is across from Liverpool, called Skelmersdale. I'll give some people. 50 minutes to search for that on google and you'll <laughs> never find anything um it's it's been a very you know big part of my life living in this type of environment so everyone's got a closeness to them everyone's a uh, like close knit together and i'm trying to branch myself out a bit to different avenues and that's where filmmaking was helping me because you have to have a, a very good knowledge of how to wrangle people together how to come across as approachable how to mm-hmm. be social if that makes any sense and uh, that's what this type of town's help knit together but it's also like uh, a riverbed in California in summer it's completely dry there's not um, no business nothing going on it's 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 a town made for living mm-hmm. but then it was kind of forgotten about in like the 1980s oh, wow. about 10 years after it was built yeah and um, so films were getting more difficult to make. Um, uh, obviously with pandemics and stuff like that, that mm-hmm. this was all before that. Um, the filmmaking base around this part of the country uh, has, it, it dried up itself. So I, I started beginning um, to watch more things and all the projects I was excited about ended up getting canceled uh, from the main, big main studios. And a lot of them were based on novels, as they usually are. Mm. So, I instead of waiting for them, I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to read one. And then I just got into books, I got into the the, the concept of them, and then went, okay, I'm just going to write me on. It's, it's just, I'm, I'm just one of those type of people who I like to do things in order to be excited about them, if you know what I
2: mean. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, I yeah. decided to. Because, try my hand at being an author which you know how that is gone is up to everyone else yeah <laughs> you said brief didn't you <laughs> no no
0: no it no, doesn't matter fine. um we, had, we you got you must not be you must not be too far from our publisher then um
1: no I'm, I'm not actually and that was that was where uh, that's where all the luck came about because I got I got the place through nepotism I uh my uh mom or oh, mom it <laughs> works uh, for the national health service we have um the nhs mm-hmm. and so does the pub a member of the publisher's family and they got to talking and it was just one of those things where uh, what does your your parents do well they do this books oh my god my son does a book and it was one of those <laughs> situations here yeah. so awesome. i'm immensely lucky that I, I managed to like fall into you know, That's getting the book. So, so you
2: you're currently in the UK though. I for some yes. reason I thought you were in New York.
1: Oh, you think, wouldn't you? By how much the book? I I adore I adore New York so much that I wanted to destroy it in in the novel. That was <laughs> uh, that was it uh, because I'm I'm very I'm very unsure about it just because I'm new to the book world. Uh, I know what I like and I know what I don't like and uh, I didn't want to be the thing I didn't like so Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not fond of of, uh, and this is just my preference Uh, everyone has their own I'm not really fond of own stories that much I I don't know why it's because I I feel in order for me to get into a story I need to like have trust of the person telling it and if they're telling a fictional story based on their own lives based on their own words I can't really get into them because I usually think there's, you know, stretched truths. And I know it's fiction, but I don't know. I I just can't settle. So to do the first one, I I set it in a different country. I set it with different people, different. I try to make it as different from myself as possible. Uh, The only similarity we have is that I can fly, just like the main character can. That's it. That's (laughs) all the similarity we have.
2: That's a handy thing to do, be able to
1: do. yeah
2: <laughs> so can you give us a brief description of the book
1: uh yeah um in in a word it's it's about rebirth as a concept so uh, i will genuinely just read this out because i will i'm not going to do this off the top of my head uh, it's uh, set in a post-world war three new york city uh, and the buildings are being rebuilt and lives are tra- people are trying to put their lives back together uh, and the circumstances of what caused the war aren't mysterious to the general public, but they are because it's uh, secrets that have been held back from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, the story follows a character. Uh, his his name is Daniel Hardacre and he's a wannabe stage actor. Uh, and he's kind of he lives in he used to live in Jersey City, so he, he was always like just away, a step away from Broadway, but it may as well be a billion miles uh, yeah. away because um, of how you know luxurious and extravagant the city is now or at the time before the war. And he finds himself one day in the grip of a nightmare that mm-hmm. brings him back to the war, but the weird part is he didn't actually fight in it. He was a draft dodger, he was privileged, he was lucky to not have to go through that so the nightmare jars him into this strange state of of needing answers so he goes to his estranged father to get them uh, and they were estranged because uh when they were you know in the past before the war the uh, mother of the family went missing oh, wow. and uh, so he's always had a need for answers in his life but the dream sparked uh, his um his his need for a uh, for a, a bigger answer than just you know what happened to his mother what happened to the world and it turns out the reason why he's questioning his life and his humanity is because he's not human and neither is any member of his family and the book is about exploring their lives as what they would like to be referred to as gods
0: oh interesting. and how they
1: interacted with the human race
0: oh wow so I I I have to admit here that I have not actually finished the book, but I did start reading it. Um. So and normally I, I do love my day job, but uh, to this week I was feeling like, hey, my day job is interrupting my reading time. Yeah. <laughs> your your prose is phenomenal. Like I'm seeing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, thank yes. you. Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, like I'm seeing elements of. And I haven't gotten too deep into the story, but it's definitely your own thing. But I can see some elements of just in terms of the style, a little bit of Ray Bradbury in there, a little bit of Kurt Vonnegut, a little bit of Asimov. I mean, there's really some different um, some different things that feel like they may have had some influence. Um, a- am I pegging that right? Are you um, an That's avid reader? That's insanely high yeah. praise. <laughs> yeah. That's insanely I mean- high praise. Honestly, your writing is absolutely gorgeous. Like I'm thank reading you. it and going, "Well, dang! I wish I could write like that." <laughs> no,
1: no, yeah, I, I, I've, Beautiful. I've really. I think you are just mistaken though. No, thank you very much. Thank you.
2: But this, um, isn't, this isn't your first book, though, right?
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it this is? is. It is. It's my yeah. first novel. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. This is okay. my this is my first novel, and wow, I've never attempted to write a novel before this one. Uh, but again, thank you. Uh, wow,
2: that's incredible
1: thank you very much um I, I'm not sure where to go from that now just yeah, yeah. you're right I'm great
0: yeah definitely the, don't sell yourself short it's yes
1: yeah. I'm an absolute expert at beating around the bush that's that's me um so uh I've um I've, I've not read many books to be honest like I, I put it in my website because I thought it sounds funny on the surface because in in my autobiographical like little peach, but at the end it says like, you know, is a filmmaker from this, and uh, he got into novels one day, and after reading six of them, he decided to write his own, and that's true. That's uh, and and that's just me. I'm I'm one of those strange people who, who I think it's because I'm meticulous in the way I do things. I like to critique, and I've been the the novel was critiqued as it was going along, so the politics was being measured, the code was being anticipated, at, at least. To the best of the ability yeah so maybe that has something to do with it that may, maybe it's because i was rereading it like four times when i was writing it and, and it, maybe it's got something to do that but i'm not sure yeah i think it's just luck really because you know it, I, that's, I'm, I'm just me
2: you know i kind of do like that too sometimes when i i pick up a new thing i go whole hog into it
1: yeah mm-hmm. yeah
2: and it's, that's well, whole, the, exactly knitting I started knitting and I end up with spinning wheels all around me I'm like what am I what am I doing here but you know and I got into it and then I exhaust it and then I'm on to the
0: next thing I think it's just my adventurous spirit
1: <laughs> definitely definitely
0: so one of the things that I really don't like is when people overly describe things, like I don't want to go into a room and have them in detail describing to me the drapery and like every <laughs> little picky detail of something. I want to be able to use my imagination a little. And what I like about your prose is that you use these, this phrasing that alludes to um, what visuals we might be experiencing. Um, but you also um, give us these, um, it's enough detail to draw us in and give us the impression of what's going on, but not so much that we're like wrapped up or lost in the details. The, that's not the important part. It's, it's what those details reference. So like just the way that you phrase things about um, your main character going into the office, Um, I could just about picture what that office would look like, but I didn't feel bogged down in, you're not describing every last desk and cube in the place, (laughs) Mm, but I understood what type of environment it would be, but it's not, it's more than that. It's like the specific phrasing and, um, just some, I don't think metaphorical language is exactly the right word, but it's, um, and it's definitely not purple prose. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing super flowery or like excessive. It's just these kind of relatable snippets uh, of things. Um, and I just find it so enjoyable to read. That's,
1: <laughs> that's excellent. Thank you. I, I, that is, I, I think that's, um, it, that might come from the filmmaking, actually, because I, I write screenplays as well. And you have the bare minimum of what's in the scene, and then the dialogue. That's how they are mm-hmm. formatted and set out. So it was a comp- it was m- my way of trying to combine those elements together, but m- give it a frame that's steadier. And I think the thing that helped me do it was the characters being able to break the four four
0: mm-hmm. a little
1: bit, like um, yeah, where I could use me brackets and I could set it out and I could. Uh, have have them interrupt themselves while talking to to explain themselves to the audience or the, the reader uh, wow. so there's like the scene where he describes his friend Sam at the beginning where he says he's lazy and he's uh, um, he's irresponsible and, I, and then in brackets I can say that because he's my friend not yours so there's a little bit of it grounds itself that way there's a little yes. it's got a collective
0: I loved that I loved yeah. that and I liked um oh just so I, I don't want to give spoilers about um yeah
1: it's very fact. tricky yeah yeah oh yes yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but I found myself a little surprised yeah. by that going oh that's <laughs> unexpected
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, was I'm a glad you said that. that. I'm glad you said that because that was the point a little bit the point that was um I, I did enjoy incorporating that character because it, it it adds a lot of levity to it but it also helps it, it also helps explain the relationships between the characters' origins show how they are as 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 they say God's um, and it helps show the relationship between humans and the intelligence that animals have that humans cannot really pick up on. Obviously, the animal in there is uh, probably a little bit more intelligent than actual ones that can use the toilet and stuff and flush it. And it's a hamster, but uh, and I'll just say what it is, yeah, I may as well. Um, uh, but it's just a strange. I don't know. It was just I like cartoony imagery. I like cartoonish uh, stories. It, it's the. It all links back to that Tom and Jerry thing where like the animals have a mind of their own and they just work with the characters, not for them, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And I just enjoyed writing that, as you said, the pet, because it it just helped take the focus off the ordinary humans a little bit and just give the story a little tiny bit of life as opposed to like some, the post-traumatic stress disorder and the, the depression that is lingers over a lot of the characters because they're all going through the, the survivors so they've all got survivor skills and a lot of stuff has affected the world around them It's all it's changed a little bit but there's a big 50/50 element with how the world works in it so how I'd explain it is it's it's very it's like the broad living next to, next to Broadway but not being able to uh, every people have survived a, a world war that wasn't nuclear and that raises questions as to why. But then little tiny innovations get brought up, like you know the, uh, the implementation of drones in the city. So some of the buildings are being rebuilt not by uh, manpower, but by little robots that can lift the, the girders up to the top of the buildings. And it's those little minute changes that have a bit of a strange effect with the characters because they feel like they're evolving themselves, they're in a new world, but they're also not, because there's a lot of familiar things about it.
0: Yeah, I I think so I I love that little and I do too I like that little bit of the little bit of humor and the the little bit of cartoony elements and so yeah I actually think it does come out a little bit that you have experience with filmmaking because there's definitely some elements um, in, in the writing of that. But what I like too is that the characters right off the bat, and I think this is also probably part and parcel of being a filmmaker is that you have to, like you have a, an instant to show three dimensions on a character that comes on screen. They can't be flat or people are gonna notice it and be annoyed by it, right? So yeah. I feel like you actually did that quite well with the book Thank you. that they come into the scene and, we almost immediately know who this person is, but they're not, they're not flat. They're not, um, they're not, they're not these two dimensional um, caricatures really. So that was, that was fun. And I, I did, I also liked some of the sort of, a somewhat dark uh, humor related to like mental health and stuff because yeah. a lot of us who struggle with mental health issues you know people won't like it when we process those things with a little bit of dark humor but how yeah. else are we going to get through it when you yeah. struggle with those things yeah and so, if you don't laugh um, at
2: it you'll just cry all the time despite, <laughs> yeah. right you know right. It's like sometimes you have to have a dark sense of humor man I
0: right can't and as someone who struggles book. mightily with um with ongoing anxiety yeah. just having a little bit of that dark humor about yeah. it really
1: important
0: yeah. um but I, I think sometimes you know to the outside world that can look like yeah, how dare you but yeah what's wrong no, with you yeah. Inside,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: cancel yeah
1: <laughs> that i am um, i i uh, i th- i think that's going to be a little alleviated now that um uh, orange bad man's at the white house that that yeah you
0: have no idea you have no idea right right oh yeah absolutely
1: well, well my um, my country still has ours and yeah we've yeah had you ours do 10 years yeah what is it uh, with
2: those guys in bad hair by the way what's with the hair have you noticed um... <laughs> they both had <have> that hair
1: <laughs> alleged inbreed yeah <laughs> uh, yeah <Anyway. laughs> um but the there's a yeah um i do think there's a a, a big shell that you go going it, it was supposed to be reflective of how it was supposed to be um kind of an allegory for the times i i needed answers that's that's the best way to explain it i the reason why i actually wrote the book was because i was seeing right-wing governments rise all around the world against logic it was against it was uh, the, the way they were rising it was against Common sense. It 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 was nonsense. It was absolutely nonsensical how these people who do not deserve places of power, who were born into places of power regardless, who are cruel, unusual, merciless, and cartoonish, mm-hmm. get rewarded for their bad behavior. And that's what I was trying to assess for myself. Really, it was it yeah. was just so I could get my head around why uh, uh, humans keep doing this. And I I've realised while writing the book that it, it's because of gaslighting we've we uh, the human race has gaslit itself into yeah. believing that everything that bad that happens in life is life's fault so they say life yeah. sucks and life life is cruel yeah. life isn't life isn't life's completely impartial people are cruel and then they're rewarded for it that's yeah. that's how the system's been built uh, and uh and um i don't even know where i where i sit in the system because there's a tiny part of me who's a little bit anarchistic, but there's also a tiny part of me who's a bit of a sellout. And there's also a small part of me who wants to join along with the, you know, socialised bits, but I can't call myself a socialist, because yeah. I think I probably am, but I, I genuinely believe that we need a new phrase. We need a new way of describing
2: mm-hmm. people
1: yeah. who just want progress, who just want, who just want people to be happy, who don't want people to be stuck in situations that aren't their fault when the world and people have the resources to fix it. Because what else are they going to do? They're not going to be able to bring it with them when they go. They're like, like, you know, we're not going to be buried with money. Nobody's going to, like, the Egyptians stopped doing that a while ago yeah, <laughs> for good reason. Um, so it, it, that's what I wanted to do with this book. I, I wanted to make it kind of a trans historical pastiche of um, the way the way society was reacting to itself and part of me thinks it's it's this is actually the beginning of an evolution for humanity but but a really small one so we're not going to get gills or nothing like that we're not going to be able to swim in the water and breathe although we might need to eventually.
0: That kind of answers our next question about what inspired yeah. this particular story. Um, but is there more that you wanted to say about that? Like how you ended up with this specific story to tell or? Um, yeah,
1: yeah, I, I, I can say more because well, the story for its short its short length, it's about 330 pages, but it's massive in scope and scale. That's not it's short and
2: late. That's like 300 pages. I love. Uh, I mean, oh, compared that... to most sci-fi and fantasy. That's... Oh my god! Yeah. If that's just series one, though, he could be writing two and three. We don't know yet. This is
1: this is standalone. Yeah, <laughs> okay. this is it's standalone. So it, I, I was never going to
2: be. writing. is huge. I'm not much of a reader myself. I, I, I... My ADHD <laughs> and my migraines both just no. kind of prohibit it. So to me, a 300-page no, like... book is like, oh wow. But no, it's not like Harry Potter length, which is no. To me, yeah. longer books like that they could be shorter i just want to yes. go through with a big edit pen because there's so much <laughs> superfluous nonsense in a lot of that but um
1: no i completely agree i agree
0: uh, especially
1: with that series <laughs> yeah i, uh, I couldn't j-
0: couldn't do it yeah
1: no i i i struggle myself actually well, i'm a- going
0: on record saying that jk rowling is a little bit of superfluous nonsense at this point now <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i know <laughs> the
2: Harry Potter deal didn't she have a gay character at the end? Was that just like a token gay character she threw in
0: there?
1: She um, had it you know, after it was writing, like
0: she retconned, yeah, Dumbledore oh, okay. Kay, basically, afterthought type thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: okay. She's she did more writing, uh, she did more fictional writing after the after she finished writing the Harry Potter book. She 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 tried to duck and weave with the social changes that were coming. She tried to keep it uh, well ahead of the curve, like yeah, she tried to keep ahead of where where society was going with progress you didn't want a book to age and unfortunately that's like trying to fight a shark in water that's just not yeah then
2: you have to keep yeah. it more simple if you don't want your yeah. books to age keep it simple
1: exactly you know, you, yeah. exactly uh, and um the best way to do that is to take keep a lot of details out of the book so that the yeah. audience can make up their own mind yeah, it it. Can you can it. have your own ideas yeah but i do know that head cannon's a big thing now where people wanna make like, you know, the fan fiction's a big thing now. So if you give the the readers like that little bit of freedom with your story to indulge in in their own, you know, um, their own type of well, their own stories really. They mm-hmm. can they can take the characters and they can inform the characters with the changes that are happening with the world. They can shape them. They can make them progressive that you don't the author doesn't need to jump out of a box and scream, No, you were wrong. Ha ha.
2: See, and you end, don't need six, you don't need, and then no. you wouldn't need 600 pages.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're just um, trying
2: too hard at 600 pages for one <laughs> book. And then you've got a series. How many pages is that? Like five or six books,
0: 600 a piece? That's a lot of, that's a lot of book. Well, you know, in, in reality, some of the books that we consider to be classics of sci fi and fantasy. Leaving aside Lord of the Rings, which is a massive tome, um, <laughs> a lot of the ones that we consider to be um, to be classics, like Isaac Asimov's books, none of them are very long. No, um, no. Ray Bradbury, nothing very long. A lot long. of short
2: stories out of the that era, yeah. too. Um, you know, I, right. I thought I just-
0: I- and there's still, like, there's now, um, like, there's a, a new market for sci-fi and fantasy short fiction.
2: Yeah, yeah. But uh,
0: it's, like, that's sort of making a comeback. Um, I don't think it ever completely died away like Mm-mm. other short fiction has been on and off. Um, sci-fi and fantasy have kind of re- remained a little bit more popular, retained a little more popularity with um, short fiction. But now there's been, like, a, a recent resurgence and some... Uh, publishers are offering like free, a lot of free samples of their short fiction and um, individual authors offering free short fiction that will lead you into some of their longer stuff. But, but yeah, I I don't think it's necessary to have an 800 page book that then has, you know, six, 800 page sequels to it. That's just not necessary. (laughs) You can tell everything you need to, to tell in a short story. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying that it isn't a requirement. Yeah. That you yeah. can tell yeah. everything you need to tell in a shorter work. Yep.
1: The the only way for me to tell this, the story I was telling any longer would be kind of to split it up into two volumes in one book, like uh, like Murakami did on his, not his last one, the, the book before. Um, it's Tommy shelf actually It's uh, the um, killing commandante or, or something like that. I can't see from it. Um, but... Uh, it's it, that uh, the story is it's self-contained it's it is a, a standalone story it's not part of a series because i know uh, how much of a a thing it is uh, well this was learned from films as well i've i've went to watch films in in the the movie theater and watch part 1 and then never see part 2 because yeah. part 1 didn't make enough money part 1 didn't get enough traction and or they just gave up entirely the last
2: airbender yeah oh my god yes yeah exactly
1: (laughs) exactly exactly um the last airbender should have ideally been two and a half hours it should have been uh, the equivalent of a a big marvel blockbuster yeah but for some reason they thought let's just tell the the hero's journey story in 140 or something like that Mm. and that's not what people are going for people are going to see the the, the work's brought to a different medium they're not going to yeah. see it cut down into into being cheaper and yeah a lesser version of, of what they've already seen yeah. it's one of those adaptations which kind of didn't need to be though it's 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 the cartoon already is out there
2: oh my god and it was such beautiful work the artistry the yeah, yeah.
1: the yeah. drawing
2: in the cartoon itself was like absolutely yeah wow phenomenal that I, last
1: I, <laughs> I didn't, even finish. <laughs> I didn't oh. even finish the
2: cartoon, no. no. Oh my God, you got to see it. The last episode is just so <laughs> phenomenal with the artwork and everything. you got to watch it. Okay, anyway. Oh,
1: I will, I will.
2: <laughs> I didn't get into the next uh, series as much, but Cora is bisexual.
1: Yes. And yeah, used- that was, I'm glad they actually did that instead of telling people they did it when they didn't. Yeah. Like, uh, th- like a new film that's out, which is, uh, you know, it's had a lot of news surrounding it it's uh it's uh, the i think it's it's called raya
0: uh, no. and the last
1: dragon uh, people are saying that's a story an lgbtq story but i i, I waited to see the bits that were in there and it, it wasn't it was beat around the bush let's not tell everybody that it is actually let's get them to make up their minds as i said oh, kind of like
2: kind of like frozen but- it's kind of yeah, can be read the, that way if you want to read fri-
1: it that way too frightened of saying what it is yeah. so they'll hint and then hope that people who will get offended won't so yeah. that's how they and and i don't really yeah. want to do the work for anybody like that I, I want them to write it properly like write the way write what you mean or yeah. just don't expect me to give you extra praise for being inclusive when you actually work if yeah you know what I mean?
2: yeah um
1: I know that's what I just kind of said works in books a little bit, giving the audience freedom to make up their own head kind of stories. But on um, but that's everyone's personal choice. Yeah. So when you announced that this was actually what we meant to do, that's
2: yeah,
1: that's, that's the selfish cool. part where you where you try and snatch it. Yeah.
2: That leads us to our next question. So how do bisexual, how does bisexuality by bi- bi characters, queer characters feature
1: in this book? It's very, it's very interesting. Uh, to uh, question that actually because i came out halfway through writing it congratulations oh thank you thank you this is actually public, (laughs) as myself this is kind of is another coming out because no one knows no one knows the people who know i am bisexual don't know me
2: oh kind of
1: they don't know what i look like they don't because it's all on twitter and i don't have yes
2: right Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah Steps, uh, yeah.
1: There's no Facebook, no, not and, like no close family members, like only my immediate family. No, my oh, cool. friends don't know. I have not told anybody just because I kind of wanted to wait a little bit because I don't know the lockdown and the pandemic and yeah. it, it's not been the time for me to, you know, assess that part of myself.
2: Well, it's, but, it's processing time. Yeah, you have to yeah. have time to process it yourself. Yeah. That's what I call it. it you know,
1: Yep. Uh, So, because I introduced a lot of the characters, there are LGBTQ characters in the story. There are about two or three of them are actually exposed as to what part of the the group they are.
2: Okay. Uh,
1: But I'm not really comfortable with saying other characters just in case due to the... uh, It's mainly... I want to let Coden decide because book code in itself and how people read they are they i don't want to like hold up members of you know the, here's this part of the group and this is their face in the book and here's this part and this they survive yeah. and it's all happy so i don't really want to do like act like they're a symbol of that that group part of the group if you know what i mean like yeah. a, a letter i don't want to hold it as in like you know they're they're the uh, personification of that entire group yeah. whoops they just died like you know what i mean because yeah. I don't, I don't agree with that. I think it's that's just mercilessly right. strange <laughs> um, to right. write. Yeah. So. So
0: this um, kind of goes to like what you were talking about. Either do it in yes, canon, yeah, exactly. Or yeah. Lead it to people's imagination, yeah. and don't just say, "Oh yeah, that's what I meant."
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. I uh, the one of the, the character that is uh, the, the homosexuality is uh, disclosed in the dialogue uh, is a character called Alvarez. And he's a uh, one, uh, one of the one of the soldiers. Uh, it just depends on where you are in the dream. They go back to the war, like it's that type of thing where there's another dream and there's another more seasons of war and the soldiers there and uh, the character gets in with a tight knit group of uh, of um, recruits who are uh, on an urgent mission in World War Three to uh, obtain a piece of equipment uh, that the enemy have been using and. Uh, it's a lot of colourful characters, um, and the, a couple of the, uh, the characters in there have specific sexual orientations, and I, I like, I, one of my favourite things about writing a book actually was getting able to explore how to get those details across without pulling, stopping the, the story and saying, hi audience, you're never going to yeah. believe this. Guess Homosexual. what I thought? Yes, Yes, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, exactly (laughs) because it's a lot of sexuality is a big deal for a lot of people and if you're going to write a story about sexuality it either has to take up all of the book or at least half of it and as i said i i I was halfway through writing i was about 160 pages through uh, so that was a big chunk already gone to different type of story and my next book will explore Sexuality in a large way because the two main characters are a couple and they are both male and it's. I didn't choose to do bisexuality for the reasons stated before, where it's a bit too close to me, so I'd rather try and keep it away okay. and choose a different thing. And I chose to yeah. do two gay men because, especially in like Western media, it, there's um there's a preference for for. To, to have gay women on screen is more preferential than to have gay men, but only because the people making the decisions are more comfortable with that than
2: the well, people, yeah. people making the decisions are really into watching two women.
1: Yeah, well, that's, that's you know, what I wanted sex, to say. It's a
2: sex thing. It's a
1: That's what I wanted to say, yeah. but I didn't want to just like, a little like that. Is no, because that's, a, a that's our
2: problem with female representation with bi-, yes. bi characters is that, you know, traditionally it's a fetish. For straight yes. straight men and,
1: yeah
2: and, yeah, you know, and that's fetish, yeah
1: fetishize
2: fetish, f- fetish, <laughs> say that word for me <laughs> Fetishized. Fetishized. <laughs> i can spell things Fetishized. that i can't pronounce all the time
0: <laughs> anyway yeah but,
1: yeah so that was that was why i made my decisions about what type of characters were going to be explored and what weren't but apparently a couple of me the re, people that have read the book do say it's got a lot of elements about coming out and, and finding sexuality because the, the type of changes the characters like go through and i obviously don't want to say that's 100 percent in it i don't want to say that's a big part of it just because again coding i don't wanna, i don't want people to read it and go you know what are you trying to say mm-hmm. um so i'm just going to say like that it, it wouldn't read that way without somebody being bisexual writing it if you know what i mean so like part of that is drift in the story as itself, it's woven into the fabric of it and uh, there's no escaping like that, uh, the, the, a spectrum of sexuality does exist, it, it, like it bubbles over the story which I was very happy with just because it, it allows me, uh, people to have the freedom of reading and it also allows me to have a like kind of a clear conscience that the book isn't, isn't going to exclude a lot of people and um, mm-hmm. i wanted to make it kind of a universal story and uh, i i i've got personally I, i'm one of those type of um joe the hold um holden what's his name they you know the main character of um uh, catching the rye
0: oh holden caulfield yeah
1: holden caulfield i'm one of those people so I've, I've like i'm one of those people who read that book and went oh my god that's me uh, it's called you know the Holden Caulfield syndrome that that's actually what it's called but the thing I latched on to with that novel was that he's bisexual he is bisexual in that novel he is it, it doesn't oh, say really? it yet but I 100% while I was reading that I was going that's why I, I feel so close to this character I've actually lived out scenes that are playing out in front of me that like that has happened to me before that's real and the the cornerstone of all that was bisexuality, the um the the questions he asked about uh, to himself, the the admissions he makes, uh, the the brushing away of no no that's no that's not me that no not at all, and then a second later like he comes back to it and go you're not gonna oh, yeah, believe this yeah this you
2: know? is me yeah
1: exactly okay and that was one of the things that helped me a little bit because uh, I was going I can cut it into words now how I feel. Uh, because I'm new, uh, there's been a pandemic. I'm, I'm obviously not. I've, I've I've not. I'm not one of those people who have done a lot of exploration when it comes to the other side of things. Yeah. Because it, a lot of a lot has, has happened, and uh, it makes you question yourself in your mind, like whether or not. But I've been I've been thinking about this about myself since I was about five. I'm not ju- uh, about two. I've had like I've had like those kind of desires towards men. Yeah. It's, it's strange I, um i think i had like a hypersexual awakening when i was very very young i don't know what it was but I think it's that type of thing where yeah go on.
2: having kids um in in knowing children yeah <laughs> um i think we're all born with some amount of i'm not going to say sexual designation but sexuality mm-hmm. um and but we just don't when when especially Americans, when we think of sexuality, we think sex, but there are are ways children express themselves in what, not necessarily sexual ways, but in ways that you, you know, they're clearly forming connections between what sexuality is about. Like a a man and a woman giving a a hug is, for example, uh, on the spectrum of sexuality. And I, I think that um, like my daughter I remember her saying um, when she was four that you know dad do you love the cat and he, he goes yes and, and he goes yes <laughs> I love the cat well are you gonna marry it he Goes, yes I think I'll marry the cat he was playing <laughs> along and she goes you can't marry the cat he's a boy so clearly she had thought uh, about this stuff uh. and he's like that's the problem with marrying the cat <laughs> instead of the boy. <laughs> yeah, not the cat. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. Oh, is that, so innocence though, that, it's, it's that innocence,
1: though, isn't there? There's that innocence to that. Yeah, yeah. and they,
2: they think about it, but it's in a, in a more innocent way. And I think the problem with our culture is we oversexualize everything. So now we can't even talk about a child's
0: developing sexuality yeah without talking about them having sex which is they're two different it, things yes. it's really frustrating like we've tried to raise our kids um and and my sister too in an environment where asking questions or thinking about things is not considered wrong or anything bad so it was never a big thing i and i remember my younger kid when they were younger when they were little talking about how they were never going to get married or have kids And my younger one is asexual and aromantic and has no interest in getting married or having children or any Mm -hmm. of those kinds of things. Yeah. And, um, but it was never a big deal. We just kind of went, okay, no problem. Um, and when they finally learned the words asexual and aromantic, um, around age, ten or eleven and told us over dinner time it was like telling us and then saying please pass the broccoli <laughs> so yeah, it was yeah. No deal.
1: yeah um, and that's 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 <laughs> really good like to hear because that's that's kind of what it's like and um, when you when you're greeted with a a lack of surprise that's a good thing like because there's it's just when you just have an answer it, life is just one big puzzle isn't it? that you, solve, it is. you try and solve until you can't solve it no longer.
2: Well, um, yeah,
0: and then if you get too excited, they won't tell you anything.
2: <laughs> but, but, you know, well, I yeah. will
0: say, as a parent, it's been really fun watching my kids develop to, to the point where, um, you know, things that, things that they ha- have done and, and how how positive they've been and how many of their friends they've been there for over time, you uh, I remember my my younger one saying to a friend they were playing with they were playing with little animals, and um, and little um, Polly Pockets which look like teeny tiny Barbie dolls,
1: yeah. and
0: they had decided the pets were going to get married to each other. And then the friend said, "Well, who are the who are the dolls going to get married to?" And my daughter said, "I know they can marry each other." And <laughs> the the friend goes. Well, they can't marry each other because they're both girls. And my kid, my my five at the time, my kid was five, and just looked at their friend, put their hands on their hips and said, Yes, they can. It's the law. (laughs) the law where we live had just changed to allow uh, that's hilarious. That's excellent. I've been keeping up. My favorite story about my kid, by (laughs) the way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, it's it's a great story, and that's that's exactly what's going on. That's like where like some of my where my hope comes from is the the knowledge that biologically that the newer generations are going to be more equipped to deal with life than everyone be- comes before them because yeah. we solved our puzzles we passed them on and they'll solve theirs and pass them on and there'll be more answers for mm-hmm. people to go to yeah, and yeah. Uh, the the vestiges of uh, you know bigotry and uh, the owner of uh, like a lack of acceptance that will it, it has to die because that's how logic goes. Like, um, the, the lack of acceptance of human beings, the cycle of good and bad fighting uh, itself, Joe, where they say, like, we have a bit of good and then bad comes around to balance the world. That's not real, like, that's just bad winning again. And um be, that's just people rewarding bad behavior again yeah. to a big degree, uh, yeah. and it is starting to get less reward less of a reward from people and the newer generations as you know you're talking about your children they the you seen how they were willing to just stand up for the issues oh just my gosh, they have
2: no patience for this yeah. they yeah. don't
1: yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it just that is how they're inclined to just i love answer. it that I is their that. natural way and it's, it's instinct it's like the yeah. human instinct now it's it's and that's what i meant by an, uh, like a, a little bit of an evolution earlier because Mm -hmm. it's it's behavior that is being self-programmed by the the yearning for happiness yeah and uh, the 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 thing about me is uh i i thought everyone knew that i wasn't straight so when i told people and they were surprised that kind of took me aback a bit because i was going are you sure you're surprised like a little (laughs) bit like i I, I look at you know i'm one of the i'm i'm the stereotype i don't like sports I, i like I like uh, performances in films. You know the I do all that, and obviously that's not the way it is anymore. But at the time, like while growing up, I didn't want to like these things. I, I, like I didn't, and I think that's the 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 thing that a lot of stories about these things miss out on is the the yearning to not want to be it.
0: You know, I I want to go back to what you'd said before about um leaving things up to people's imaginations and not being super specific, because I think that in the book world, we spend a lot of time arguing about, well, but we need to have people specifically say what they are, or we need to have books about that, or we need to, and and I just did a podcast where I was talking about non-binary characters and talking about how, well, yeah, I, so as a non-binary person myself, I, of course, I love to see just your average non-binary character, but like robots and aliens and, and uh, like whatever else are freaking cool. So (laughs) I kind of also want to read about non-binary robots and aliens because they're cool. So, you know, there's, we spend so much time arguing over which thing is right that I think we miss out on the fact that, imagination is a beautiful thing and we've got all these options so I love that you're that you've got you know it sounds like you've got actually these two different things you've got your first book that's that we're uh, that we're just reading now yeah yeah um that doesn't have a lot of specificity um and does leave some to reader imagination and then you're you're working on one that that goes more into that, yeah. And I, I think that's actually phenomenal. Thank <laughs> you. you. Know, it, Thanks. We don't have to argue about it. We can have all yeah. of the above. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to meet the story. To, I want to tell stories that people can engage with. And I know people can't engage with every story. I but I want to tell different ones. So uh, it's not that, as I said, it's not that sexuality isn't in the first book. It just wasn't a fact that of why i wrote it it was mainly written to like break down problems that were going on in the world as i said before right. and the next one is written to explore sexuality it's written but i kind of wanted to do a story where finally the characters are just it's it's the modern day it's not they're, they're not there's no like i don't want to add like scenes of obvious homophobia i don't mm-hmm. want to add scenes of like coming out because I don't think it's needed for the type of story it is mm-hmm. because of the year we live in, if you know what I mean. Right. It's like telling Spider-Man stories and showing like their uncle getting shot. They, they removed it from the newer films and it worked because everyone already knows the story, if you know what I mean. The hardships that we go through, there are hardships in there. But I, I want to write a story in a more progressive society where there are issues, but they're very specific issues. And the couple, the male couple who are there just exist as a couple and the struggles they go through together are due to the antagonists and the, and the, the threat that's coming to them. Because I believe the only way that we can actually write, get society to be okay with these stories, to be acceptable about them, isn't to make, make them sit there and go, look at what they are, look at their lives, like, but to give them situations like any story to draw them in. Like, look at how these are look at how this gay couple is going to uh, go against to, uh, a group of terrorists
0: uh, yeah, a group
1: of you know, like it's about like eco terrorism and the questions whether or not that's right or wrong mm-hmm. and but but it happens to have a gay couple as the main heroic force of it it's an action book so i wanted to bring the lgbtq plus genre into the like an action action packed place of like mainstream modernity if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. so it's palatable for a wide audience and it just happens to have characters
0: see and I love that because I feel like they're like it's almost like people limit ourselves to well we can only have certain books but then the world is full of all kinds of people and all kinds of books and not everything is going to appeal to every person now I happen to be a person whose taste in books kind of runs Very similarly to my attraction to people, which (laughs) which is to say, if it's a book, I'll read it. So, (laughs) like, I don't really have books where I, there is not a genre of books where I go, I'll never read that.
1: Um, I
0: could probably find something in just about every genre. There are specific books or topics I don't want to read about. I do not want to read about dead children. Yes, Um, Yeah. But that, that's just an example. But, <laughs> but you know, I recently read one about someone's child loss and mm-hmm. loved it. So yep. even though I've said that's not a topic I want to read about, I read about it and liked it, <laughs> liked that particular one. So, you know, I, I, I feel like it's great that you're bringing something fresh to the table that maybe somebody else is not. And if it's if you're what you're writing isn't for someone well just know that your writing has an audience out there and there are lots of people that it
1: yeah. will
0: <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like I seriously cannot wait for this book to come out because it's just that good
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the um uh, the 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 thing about like all those type of compliments is it, it just comes with the mission like I, I always have a mission for writing and I don't I don't like to like write and I'll just do it for fun and stuff. I I always want to have a goal in mind for the story. I always want to, I I have an audience in mind that I want to connect with. I want, I want problems that I want solving. Like, uh, and obviously I can't solve world problems through writing a book. That's silly, but I can solve like world problems in my own way for myself. And maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe some people who are like me out there, just uh, like, like that's the hope But obviously that's a lofty goal. So whether or not it works, I'm, I'm not sure. But um, it, it's it's a very particular thing, uh, the, the way sexuality and media mixes. Because, well, this this book, the one that I've been, uh, wrote to to No, that's not really, uh, it's not very mainstream. It, it, it is incredibly mainstream on the surface, but there's so many things that are cut out of it.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry,
1: that haven't been cut out of it. Sorry, that usually would. Cut out of it and uh the 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 way sexuality is handled in it is one of those things that would have been changed if i didn't go to an indie publisher if i went to a traditional publisher like the the loose the loose handle on love and attractions there that would have been changed to explain to the audience more of like, this is the story and this is what you have to get. Like, this is the characters and this is how they are. Instead of letting them make up their own minds about them, it would have been enforced into the story and that's not good to me. I wouldn't like that. It wouldn't be called Road to Juno at all. That would never be the title's name whatsoever because it's about World War III and flying people who punch through buildings and go to different planets and and fight silver monster people. Like that's, that's Like, that's what the book's about. And Road to a Smart uh, to a City in Alaska isn't exactly doesn't come to mind when you describe that. Uh, but I think the only the only working title that would probably be chosen for it would be God of War, and that's already a giant franchise. So that would have been an instant problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> where, yeah, I would have been like, I had a fight on my hands. But I'm so happy with where, where it's gone. I'm so happy with the indie scene. I, I, I love like. Debbie is an editor. She is like we have a we share an editor, uh, don't we? And uh, her name's Debbie yeah. McGowan, and she is absolutely incredible at a job to a point where, if she was more like recognized on a worldwide basis, if the entire planet knew who this person was, I don't think they'd be that good at the job. Just because it would be too broad, there wouldn't be changes made. There wouldn't be good knowledge put into it it'd just be shotgun at the wall here you go but she refines things she she looks at the books as like kind of like houses uh, that have been built and she like makes sure the foundation won't crumble she lets you keep strange sentences strange like as you said about the prose earlier you said like the prose is a very unique one like that probably wouldn't have stayed like how it is
0: no i love that she kept it like that because i think that it's it is a unique voice, um, and it's it, it's it's beautiful, and I love that about her too. Because I've had that experience as well. Um, although yes. my mostly I've written short fiction. Um, yeah. With beaten track, but I do have a novel. Um, in in waiting, so oh, I can't wait to see what Deb does with it.
1: Honestly.
0: <laughs> but like I've I've noticed that with many different things that that um we are allowed to keep our own style. And yep. um, the only thing that Deb asks is that it stay consistent within the story.
1: Yes, that's very, the yep, thing that's... You
0: have to keep that thing. You can't change, you know, certain, certain types of elements halfway through, um, or yep. it will get pointed out to you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um.
1: I, I, I'm, I'm, um I'm, I'm not going to lie, like the consistency in the book was, not I, I i didn't find that an issue because and i think i know why As um, I, I kept I, to write the book i ended up getting into character not as an author but as the characters mm-hmm. so i found like little ways of getting into that space the way i could speak as the characters where i could write as characters and, and the things that were being written were of their personality uh, and that comes from obviously working with actors and you know uh I'm the type of director who uh, will teach themselves how to cry uh, on a five-minute queue rather than force an, an actor to go through something strange. And I've done that, and um, that's one of my like, proud achievements where I've learned like, acting skills and tools and uh, just uh, the mechanics of it, just so it, it helps me tell a story to the people I'm working with so I know it from their perspective. And it, it did help with the book a lot because I was... I was bringing myself into a world of theatre rather than concentrating on the, the the writing of the, you know, the punctuation and the grammar and the, the structure of the novel, how it read. It was just how would this scene play out to me in my head? How would it be on sc- screen? Where would it cut, um, if you know what I mean, there? And it just ended up ap- apparently working. I'm not sure. Like, uh, it just ended up, like, gelling together as a big cohesive piece rather than something that i've written in parts you know what i mean a yeah. different mindset
0: when is your when is this book being released so we uh, uh to know this
1: to uh, uh, juno uh, is being released on may the 18th of this year so it's not far away now it's 13 oh days away i think yeah so um wow. and it's available for pre-order on all the usual sites uh, it's not all uh the it's all pre order on digital at the moment but when it's released then all the orders on the different websites will be physical and digital as well okay, um,
2: so i know it's I'm probably gonna, beaten track
0: at least yeah that's
1: where the physical i'm, I'm absolutely going to put
0: in my plug for people to please order from directly from beaten track because it allows both the publisher and the authors to keep more of the profits and cuts out the middleman of big corporations like Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you need to order it from there, you know, not going to get after you, but I do definitely encourage people to order directly from beaten track because that benefits all of our writers.
2: And you guys, I think, um, independent booksellers, like we have Raven books here in Lawrence, uh, you can order from there and they'll order from beaten track. Correct.
1: Oh, really?
0: Do
2: you know? I think so. I think I've had other people on saying with, from independent uh publishers yeah. that so, they can order the yeah. special
0: order the book The small bookstores will often special order from, yeah. from directly from the publisher and stuff so absolutely, absolutely. that
2: was uh, a plug can... for the raven by the way
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> unpaid yeah. that's that's for you guys free plug for the raven yeah.
1: <laughs> thank you again so much for having me and uh, uh thank you for doing what you do because you really do excellent work and it's a good place for people who are on the bisexual spectrum, who are artists, to actually come and, and to sit down, relax, but also inform each other and just be a part of the universe. So it's lovely. Thank really you. Lovely. We, have <laughs> <So> <laughs>
2: yeah. we have fun doing it.
1: Yeah.
0: It's work. We have fun doing it. Yeah. So, all right. So, well, let's wrap up. And uh, Liam, thank you so much for joining us today. The book is called Road to Juno. And all of the links and everything important will be in the pod will be on the podcast website for our listeners. Uh, so you can check that out and be sure to check out other stuff from beaten track. Uh, thank you so much, Elizabeth. And the, I'm thank Amy Leibowitz, and we are by plus remember there is a whole by plus universe ready to embrace you, reach out and find your community. Oh, oh,